0: Hey everybody, uh, good evening, Sunday at 6.30pm, we're going to do a half hour podcast tonight and all y'all know why, this is Chatting Between Takes and I'm your host Sean Benson and at 7 we're going to go watch the Red carpet it uh, for the Oscars, super excited about the Oscars and uh, we're going to talk about that a fair bit tonight. Um, so a lot of questions came in and basically they're all about the Oscars so the first one let's just start start with the questions you know i always like that this thing's interactive and uh and i'd much rather address you guys directly and the questions and all that stuff um then chat about uh the other things if possible so let's hop right in damon runyon hey brotherwood shaken uh oscar question is it fair to judge great performances considering they're completely different pieces I love this question. This is actually, Damon, what I was basically wanting to kind of talk about a bit tonight, like go on a bit the way I like to, is, um, you know, you've got this thing. Like the, the, the standard question I was chatting with, uh, with Mike Russell yesterday and Alden Adair. We were driving back from a karate tournament. And he said, what do you guys think being actors of the Oscars? Like, do you like them? And my answer is of. I think the Oscars are fantastic. I love the ceremony. I love the dressing up. I love the idea that there's these Oscar films and some make the cut and some don't. I think, though, the important thing for me is just knowing that, you know... Okay. So yesterday we're driving back from a karate tournament. So I wasn't competing yesterday. I was helping run the tournament. So I'm, I'm, I'm judging. I'm running a, well, not running a ring. I'm, I'm part of a ring being run actually by my sensei. So he is Randy Dauphin, um, most responsible for how I see martial arts. He's my teacher. I've spent the more time, like a hundred times more training with him than anyone else. And when we're beside each other, judging, uh, at least forty percent of the time, we probably ranked like first or second or second and third slightly differently. You know, in terms of how we how we'd give out the scores for the kata, it's totally subjective. And this is with this is sitting next to somebody who basically taught me how to evaluate kata, and we still have what I'd consider a significant discrepancy. In how we're seeing it and what we think number one and number two should be. Just like figure skating, man. And the Russian judge is always going to bone you. Um, so when I used to think, you know, a big thing for me in the whole industry, I, I remember one day, so I see Dazed and Confused. My buddy Tom introduces me to this movie, uh, Richard Linklater, right? Obviously, years later, still doing brilliant work. Um, and... You know, interestingly, he's my pick for best director for the simple reason that he's so gentle. He has such a deft touch. When I'm watching Boyhood or Dazed and Confused Years Ago, I'm not sitting there watching a director go, huh? Look at how I direct. Now, if you're Scorsese or Tarantino, who are, you know, the best of the best as far as I'm concerned, um, then I want to see what you're doing, I want to see your tricks. Like, while watching the trick and knowing it's a trick, I appreciate the trick. So that's pretty cool. Um, but someone like Richard Linklater, I think his genius, is laying way back, man. He really lays back on that stuff. So I see this thing. I, I, There's this guy, Matthew McConaughey, playing Wooderson. And I'm quite literally reminded while studying biochemistry at the University of Western Ontario that I want to be an actor. And it's because he's... <sighs> I, I'm I'm insulting you by saying this. If you haven't seen Dazed and Confused and Matthew McConaughey in it, uh, just don't watch the Oscars tonight. Go watch that. He's that fucking brilliant in it, and uh, you can see why he's Matthew McConaughey, because he just jumps out of that movie. He was just supposed to have, I think, one scene, and then they kept riffing stuff out, and basically Wooderson's the character you remember in that movie. It reminded me that this thing is fun You know, I went to theater school and all the fun got beat out of me for about two years because I was constantly being told what my quote-unquote issues were. Not by the way that we all can't and don't have issues. Uh, But don't tell someone what their issue is unless you can help them overcome it. Then you're just an asshole. So, you know. Uh, And by the way, even if you do, be real careful because unsolicited advice is criticism. What? What? what wait a minute i'm always kind of telling people you ever post those photos online and like you've got the fucking jag off who who just needs to comment like oh man how c- i notice you're not smiling much you look so good when you smile really like i don't go on your page and say you look so good when you were 10 pounds lighter or uh you look so good when you didn't have that goofy fucking look on your face uh I don't have a specific person I think that about, but I'm always shocked, obviously, online. I mean, forget it. Everybody feels stud online and, and posts whatever they think is, is whatever. But I was always blown away by uh, that kind of thing. Um, and then I go to theater school, and their whole concept is we're going to break you down and build you back up. My experience is that they didn't know how to build people back up. They could do the breakdown part. Anybody can break someone down. You know, we're all insecure and we're all trying to figure it out. And especially when somebody wants something, you know, I teach acting and it'd be real easy to just point at people's issues and go, yeah, you need to get better at this period. Well, that person feels great because I've got them on the spot, right? So their ego's flaring and the whole class is watching them and they're like, you're right. I do need to do that maybe they'll cry a little and and I'll be like, yeah, no, I, I hear you. You, you. It's 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 part of the deal. And, and then I'll give a big speech about how, you know, if you really want it, this is what you'll do. And I'll feel great because my ego's flaring because look how astute I am. But with the period, I'm not offering anything constructive. I'm basically just insulting them. Uh, and especially by the way, if you're a 40 year old, <laughs> it's not real hard to see what a 20 year old's going through. I mean, not every single one, but, you know, my 97%. You can kind of figure out what's up with 90% or 97% of those people in front of you because we all went through the same stuff, you know, and we probably still are going through it. We've just learned to mitigate it a bit. And, uh, again, my point is is that it's real easy to sit back and critique and rip on people, but at what point can I turn it into uh, building a person, into growing a person? Um in any case, I'm watching this Dazing and Infused, and I notice that Matthew McConaughey's on a bunch of magazine covers. Uh, Time to Kill was coming out, and everything was likening him to the next Paul Newman. And remember, this is before you knew who Matthew McConaughey was, unless you'd seen this little movie by an indie director called Dazing Infused, which wasn't like a box office runaway. So all of a sudden, I'm thinking. Oh my god other people are recognizing now to tell you how naive i was as i always hammer home in my pre facebook pre you know media was different then i just believed that matthew mcconaughey was like the world was seeing him the way i saw him i didn't understand that there's like a publicity machine which by the way disillusioned me greatly when i started shooting uh my first tv series called the associates years later And I remember CTV uh, introducing me to their publicity coordinator who, you know, I was on Mike Bullard and I was doing the Ben Mulrooney talk show and all this stuff. And I was like, the good morning, uh, you know, with Dan Matheson, uh, all amazing stuff. But I was so disillusioned that those outlets weren't independently phoning me or the network for me because they loved my work. Our work hadn't even aired yet. I was like, what? Oh, this is all just coordinated? (laughs) I'm just basically being pitched to the public as an actor they should care about? Uh, That was astonishing to me. Um, It it really was astonishing to me and, and disillusioning, but... When the Matthew McConaughey stuff was happening, uh, I just figured it it was the world going, hey, we've got a new guy. I didn't realize that, you know, covers were negotiated for and purchased through whatever, you know, multinationals uh, owning advertising uh, because they also own Ford and they own Universal or whatever. And by the way, as I've talked about a lot, I don't see any of this as being nefarious. I really don't. I see this as being awesome. We just have to know it, you know? Like, I want to see who's being pitched by the studio as the next whatever. I just... You know, I think a lot of what I try and rant about in this podcast is being a little media savvy, you know, going, huh, uh, what's behind that maybe? Uh, Is that a fully genuine thumbs up or uh, Chris Harris was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Chris Harris is a phenomenal car interviewer and he was talking about how hard it used to be uh, before YouTube actually to get a proper review of a car because, you know, if you're doing a car show, you're advertising car products, period. I mean, that's obvious well, it's hard to say this car sucks when that car company owns all your advertising. So reviews tended to be a little bit, you know, down the middle and everything's pretty good. Uh, So nothing was quite honest. So, you know, uh, there's pluses and minuses to all of it. But when it ultimately comes down to the Oscars, yes, these things are are lobbied for and the Weinsteins were famous for and all that stuff. Who cares? Because they're just for fun you know yeah somebody's career is going to go through the roof it'll happen anyways the oscars is just a tool for it yeah people care more about george clooney than his wife Uh, it's just like the paul walker thing you know (laughs) i mean god uh, uh people are always like well you know why don't we know the name of the guy paul walker was driving actually he was driving i think Wow. Yeah. Now that I think about this, uh, if I'm not mistaken, let me look this up because uh, why would we know who that guy is? Uh, Because he's not in in an arena that we watch. So, you know, people who don't listen to my podcast aren't going to go, oh, he's that famous podcaster. But we all watch Fast and Furious. So there's no reason we should know about people we don't know about. (laughs) Um, But let me hold on. Let me look this up because the worst thing is that I think the other guy was driving. Um, Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, uh, we we almost don't want to know his name because the only claim to fame he does have outside of his circle is the guy who killed Paul Walker. So I always found that odd when those Facebook posts are all like, well, why don't, why don't we care about this guy? And it's like, well, if we do care about him, it's not going to be good. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't think Paul Walker was the best actor in the world, but I really liked watching him. You know, he, he had a charm for sure. There's a reason he's Paul Walker. Uh, the other guy, um, you know, anyways, the other, the other guy, uh, I, I don't know his name, but I'm not that worried about his name. He's the guy who killed Paul Walker what? I'm not trying to put a a nail in his coffin. I'm really not. That's just tragic for everyone. And by the way, as a car guy, it really is like cars are a lot of fun and a lot of fun can be had with them. And they're also dangerous as hell. Uh, So, you know, I mean, I do make light and I don't mind making light. and We're just having some fun here with this, but uh, you know, it sucks. It sucks that something so fun also includes, uh, you know, balls of fire. If you, if you miscalculate, I think about that often man I was scootering in Greece and this was before I was an avid motorcyclist I always knew I was going to motorcycle I think I might even have my license at this point point. and I was with Jason Green and Tom Palmer and we were bombing around and these guys had real skills Jay grew up on dirt bikes Tom and motorbike like cross countries and I was kind of trailing behind we were on the island of Santorini and these guys didn't even know this until like a year later when I told them uh, these guys were on <laughs> like bombing ahead and hit some dirt they just flew through it I kind of lost control and fishtailed a bit, and as I was careening to the right, I was going over a cliff, and when I say a cliff, I mean easily 300 feet down to dashed like rocks and water, and I just with every piece of might I could muster, cranked down uh, my right foot, pushed off, the bike sort of flim flammed, and then I kept going. Uh, I don't think I've ever been more shaken in my life, um, and yeah, uh, there's like literally, if that if my foot had slipped out when I did that, I'd have died on a beautiful day scootering up a Greek island and hitting a patch of dirt. Um, so you know, it's uh, it's definitely one of those things where you know I, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but but it, it really is shocking when you think about how precious that stuff is. Damon, it's in no way fair to judge performances in different pieces. And by the way, even if they were in the same piece, it's in no way fair. You know, you do a Hamlet, I do a Hamlet. Damon, I've seen you. Your work's fucking great. You're an excellent actor. Your Hamlet's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm an excellent actor too. My Hamlet's going to be awesome. Maybe we should do this, by the way. Uh, But, you know, uh, how do you even judge that? Uh, Now, you can, and this is what I think a lot of it comes down to, is you can just like something better. You know, like because it's an art, I think that's where a bit of the freedom comes from, is going, yeah, I don't know which one's better, but I know which one I like better. Now, this gets interesting because I've said often, you know, Keanu Reeves is one of my favorite actors. I don't know if I think he deserves an Oscar, though. And I I just, I don't know what the criteria is, but when I look at Keanu Reeves' like, my favorite performance of his is in Point Break. I mean, it's laughable to some people. It spawned a whole show that I saw in LA called Point Break Live where they'd pull up an audience member and there was this adorable little girl playing a stage manager and she basically held up cards and it was all of Keanu's lines. And then all these really good actors around him kind of created a campy version of Point Break. It's one of the most genius pieces of theater I've ever seen. And I think part of the joke is that anybody can deliver those lines better than he did. Uh, I don't agree. But also, it goes back to that uh, Paul Walker thing. Like, he's watchable and I love him. uh, But I don't think that performance deserves an Oscar. Uh, you know, whereas I look at Michael Keaton and Birdman and I'm like, mother fucker. That's good. Uh, love his work in that Eddie Redmayne, forget it. I mean, you know, you, we all know who the contenders are and and they're fantastic. They all deserve it. Uh, not fair at all, but fun, right? (laughs) Like not fair, but totally fun. And I think that's a lot of what I'm learning as I age a little, uh, is that you know the magazine cover doesn't have to be purely arrived at it can still be a great cover and show me a new actor who i adore mcconaughey's another one god i remember defending this guy in the early 2000s when he was in like rom-com purgatory because you know he got kind of weird for a while and had he's always been weird i mean fuck he's still weird as shit we just like it again um he got into that sort of purgatory. We had to, he had to prove he was bankable again and, uh, God bless him. Cause dude's bankable and talented always has been, um, you know, we just came around on him. Um, I'm super excited to watch these Oscars tonight, you know, we're going to do it up, and uh, 172 or whatever the hell pounds I made up I want to be, by the way, I did double my donation to Kiva, not because I hit my uh, weight goal, because I most (laughs) definitely didn't, I'm going to be shirtless on this show, and I'm just going to be like a fat guy, you know, I'm going to be making out with this girl, and I'm going to just be a fat guy, we'll see how that goes. That might actually be kind of fun. Um, Great question though, Damon, because to me, again, it gets into the whole uh, bigger thinking um, about what's the point of the Oscars. Eh, It's just a way to celebrate itself. Um, Dennis Alexander Nicholson, God, I love this question, Dennis. If you could add a category to the Oscars, what would it be? Now, uh, for me, this is Answered. Immediately after by Matthew John Beck. If you say best casting, I will love you forever or love you more than I already do forever. Love you too, Matthew. And it is my answer. It's 100% my answer. Casting. Oh my God, casting. So for me, it's twofold. One is, is that I was lucky enough to shoot all the still photography for about the first third of the making of a documentary called Casting By. If you haven't seen this, go see it. Uh, It's brilliant. Kate Lacey brought me on board. Uh, She's the producer and Tom Donahue's the director. Uh, Elan Arboleda, great, great, great team. And uh, I was in LA at the time and ran into Kate and she liked my photos. Um, So I was basically a fly on the wall And I won't bore you with the whole story, or or not even bore you. It's not even boring at all. But basically, it used to be secretaries at studios who would match up on contract actors, 30s, 40s, 50s. And then, um, you know, TV started in New York, and Marion Doherty was one of the casting directors there. And, you know, it wasn't digital. Like, she couldn't really audition someone, get all those uh, film reels printed, then all those prints like sent to LA, blah, blah, blah. So she had autonomy, you know, when she told Pacino, he got panic in needle park. And he's like, well, who do I have to meet now? She's like, no one. You got the part. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, uh, this is a woman who discovered John Boyd, Pacino, Diane Lane. uh, She's the reason Danny Glover got cast in Lethal Weapon. I, again, y- you could go down the list. It reads as a who's who, but it's not just who she discovered, which is ridiculous, the number of people. It's who she nurtured as the casting directors who became like the next wave. So, brilliant movie. Go do yourself a favor. If you have any interest in this and watch casting by... um and then, you know, so for me, there's just an inherent idea like casting is everything. You cast the right performer, you don't need to direct them. You just work with them. You don't, I mean, it's it's huge. I mean, uh, I don't know. You give me my cast and I get to focus on so much other stuff. You give me someone who's a great actor but doesn't necessarily have the right temperament. Uh, I'm kind of screwed. So to me, that's the basic idea. But the more complicated idea, and Damon, this, or sorry, Dennis is the one who asked this one. This one's way more personal to me, okay? Um, Dennis uh, is, was, was our sound man on Barn Wedding. Brilliant, brilliant guy. I've mentioned him before. Dennis, I didn't make Barn Wedding because I was so busy shooting all the series leads I booked that I just thought I'd cram in another project. Part of the reason I made that movie was out of utter, utter frustration because I didn't believe I was being seen and given the opportunity uh, to do what I do you know and I don't just mean uh, as a performer but in terms of what we're talking about with casting uh, I just don't think casting directors have the power so I mean the the long and the short of it with someone like Marion Doherty is by the 80s you know multinationals were buying up studios as an investment and they didn't want to give autonomy to someone creative anymore And that was sort of the beginning of the end of, you can just make a decision, woman in New York, who knows exactly what the fuck she's doing. Uh, We'll make sure a committee makes that decision. Now, uh, as a perfect example, I'll take like, you know, John Comerford, Lisa Pearson. They're two of my favorite casting people in town. Adore them. I like them personally. I like them professionally. They don't have the ability to just cast me, sometimes even in a 10 line part. Uh, Every now and then they do, by the way, and it has happened, but I'm talking big picture. So where that really pisses me off and gets me frustrated is this. Nobody in town knows my work better than theirs. It's the bizarre irony of it. So Lisa or John are like, we fucking love you. We hope you book this. Now they may be saying that to some other people or whatever, but I'm talking generally speaking They're not lying every time. They're good people and they're excellent casting directors, but they don't have that Marion Doherty autonomy. So they basically see me at least weekly, if not every couple days. They know that I can do comedy. They know that I can do the drama. They know that I can do the blend. They know that if they send me 15 fucking pages at 8 p.m. at night and my audition's the next day at 930 and I'm teaching that night, that I'm still going to come in and nail it. Not once. Every single time for at least the four and a half years since I've moved back. They know that. So does every other casting director in town. But they cast all the separate projects so that the one project's producer doesn't know that about me. The other project's producer doesn't know that about me. Again, I'm not feeling sorry for myself. No one's feeling sorry for me. But I can work at a level that I believe has not been recognized yet. I really do. I mean, if we're talking honestly about this, I should be working uh, leads in these films or series leads or whatever. And when I get on set, the producers tend to go, what the fuck? Why aren't you like our series lead? And by the way, if I don't think, you know, uh, played. I didn't, you know, they they didn't consider me for the lead of that show. That show got canceled at a great time. And I think Vince is an awesome guy and an awesome actor. But I believe, had I been the lead of that show, it wouldn't have got canceled after one season. Period. I'm telling you, I'll tell you guys that straight up with no insult to Vince. If I didn't believe that, why would I want to do this? Right? That doesn't have to be an insult. Why would I go audition for leads if I think, oh yeah, no, it would have got canceled if I was the lead too. No, it wouldn't have because I'd be way fucking better. It's my, it's why I do this. Because I think that I should be the one up there. It's no diss to anybody. I know you get what I'm saying. I don't need to keep repeating that. Um, Now, my point is, is if you give an Oscar to casting because you recognize how important casting properly is, which isn't to say, hey, maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe I'm not as good as I think. Maybe all the stuff that I didn't get, other people who are way better than me got. And maybe Lisa and John and all the other casting directors were like, did have the power and gave it to them. If that's the case, yeah, I'm just wrong and that's fine. That's life and I'm insane Uh, or mini insane, which by the way is true. (laughs) So it's a balance, right? But I'm just telling you what I think. And and, and you know what? I don't even know if I think it. I feel it. So I feel it. Um, So in any case, I feel this way. I make a move in this direction. uh, And uh, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But at the very least, I go and I make something from it like a movie. Uh, or I direct a play, or or whatever. Uh, and then I get to work on some other shit too as an actor while still believing that I should be working on, you know, bigger, better-paying shit. So if you give an Oscar for casting, A, because you just should, and B, then I believe what could start to happen is in a city like Toronto where all too often the casting directors are just sending tapes, like you could essentially self-tape, They'll get more invested. We'll get more invested. Uh, the 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 autonomy of Toronto, let's say, or any city you're in, but Toronto can increase so that when you're in that room and they're like, that's the fucking performance, it doesn't have to go through as many committees. Uh, and again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, the, maybe those were never mine. But I know that that's part of the deal is that casting isn't regarded as as important as it is. Um, So it's both a deeply personal and, and deeply frustrating part of my experience as an actor is that I feel like the people who best know what I'm capable of and would best be able to go, no, you should give it to that guy don't have the power to, and then other people kind of, you know, uh, by the way, I love all the producers I work with. I really do. I'm not just saying that because they pay me. I respect the money and I respect what producing is. I mean, God, you're producing, you're creating, but I do feel like when I'm reading for a series lead and it's the supposed last audition, like it is, I know it is, and you're doing two two two-page scenes, that's fucked up. You know, that's just not Like, to me, that's an inherent flaw, but it's how casting kind of has to run given the current constraints. So I think we should recognize how important casting is, really give it its due, uh, and then see what happens. And then, you know, I just... When you look at the people Marion Doherty found when she had autonomy, these are some of our best actors ever. They weren't just called because they happened to... You know, have just been on a show. They were called because they were right for the part. And John Voight tells a great story about how awful he was on a show, but she phoned him up for Midnight Cowboy because she knew he was right for Midnight Cowboy. So it's again. I mean, I always make it about talent. It's not even about talent. It's just about who's right for the gig versus the other one the studio was pushing for. Michael Saracen. Who's Michael Saracen? I don't know either. Uh, John Voight has had staying power in his fucking brilliant but if it weren't for Marion Doherty going look I know you want Michael Sirson I know you think he's the commodity and I know the last time you saw John Voight he didn't nail it but he's the guy and I think she was right <laughs> you know <laughs> I really do um what do, you want pizza? what do I want on my pizza oh my god uh we're ordering some pizza over here for Oscar night um how about some mushrooms mushroom, no mushroom uh mushroom olive no no olives let's get some mushroom onion i'm forgetting one how about hot pepper on my side banana peppers oh man it's getting bad over here um. okay one thing I want to go out on here is uh, I'm just gonna play a verse for uh, dear dear Brooklyn Doran Brooklyn asked for some Emmy Rouge jams and uh, Brooklyn I'm afraid that M had some errands to do a bit of running around you just heard her there but you know give them the Oscars and everything we didn't have quite time what I'm gonna do is play a little just a first verse and chorus of uh, the tune I wrote out of deep love for Hollywood wrote this when I was leaving L.A. God, I love that city. I'ma take a ride down my and drive. And maybe I'ma see the ghost of Marlon Brando. And if I'm heading east, I'll drop down into Laurel. And if I listen just right, I'll hear Janice on the bridge. Then I kick a ride on Sunset to the Whiskey Where Jim is gonna break on through to me and Somewhere in Bel-Air Marilyn is brushing her long blonde hair Getting drowsy on a night back in August of 62 These are the ghosts in my town These are the spirits who walk where I live They loved and they laughed and they lied and they cried And they stayed till they had nothing left to give Truly immortal, truly beloved Truly the stars in the Hollywood sky See what I did there? Stars in the Hollywood sky, Oscars, relevant I didn't know you, but I want to show you How goddamn glad I am that you stop by? Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for stopping by. This is an abridged, well, not abridged. Abridged would suggest there's a longer version that got edited. I uh, have never edited this podcast yet. Probably should. Jesus. Um, but won't. And uh, that's chatting between takes. Enjoy the Oscars if you're watching. If not, we'll be back to some regular programming uh, in the next couple days. We'll get some guests back in and do all that kind of thing. Uh, but until then, enjoy your evening, whatever you do. Um, and oh, by the way, let me throw out some Oscar picks here real quick. Let's get it down. 2015 nominees. I'm just going down the list, baby. And if I don't get to the may uh, the, the minors, uh, it's just how it goes. All right. We're online here. We are looking at it. Best film. I'm going boyhood, best actor. We're going Michael Keaton. Eddie Redmayne deserves it as much, but you know, all the Academy people want to know, like, I want to know if I'm 40 that I can still win my Oscar at 60. I don't feel like giving it to the young kid who's going to have a lot more chances for no what's that. Disagree. Okay. Emily disagrees. You think Eddie Redmayne? Well, yeah. Okay. She's going Eddie Redmayne. Uh, Julianne Moore, I think Rosamund Pike, uh, you know what? I'm going Rosamund Pike. She deserves it. Rosamund Pike. Julianne Moore's is the, the standard, but I feel like you can see her machinery working a bit too much. Uh, and then let's see. Supporting actress, Patricia Arquette. Best supporting actor, definitely J.K. Simmons. Um, genius. Best director. Oh, God, this is a good one. I'm going Richard Linklater. I think that's going to be that nice little surprise. Uh, what else is going on? Have I seen any of this other stuff? Yeah, I think that's all I'm going to do for now. Those are my calls. Uh, I'm probably wrong on every goddamn one of them. Uh, Enjoy your night, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Sean Benson, and that's chatting between takes.